Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Gotcha. What's up, guys? This is Jack Frost from Brothers in Arms, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Turn it up! Hey, this is Mark Striegel. Welcome to episode 938 of the Talking Metal podcast, which can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, what else? Um, Google Podcasts and just about every podcasting platform out there. Also found on markstriegel.net and talkingmetal.com. So definitely uh, bookmark those on your computer. We got Jack Frost on today's episode and I have a discussion with my wife, Emily Striegel. Before we get into the episode, I do want to read a tweet from Eddie Trunk, a guy I've worked with before. I was able to work with him on the final season of that metal show as a producer and have hung out with Eddie numerous times too. He's a great guy. So Eddie tweeted this today. I'm recording this August 9th. It's Monday. And I just want to kind of put everything in perspective. This again was tweeted by Eddie Trunk one of the most prominent voices in hard rock and, and uh, commercial metal from the 80s, if you will. Not to mention contemporary stuff, too. He said, hearing about some people real sick with COVID, saying they were vaxxed when they were not, or were not fully vaxxed. For those not vaxxed, you need four to six weeks after shots for any level of protection. I'm amazed at how many people do not know that. Okay, so the you know I've heard even two weeks uh, after the second shot is uh, you're at, you're at a good place for protection. But who knows? I would uh, see what the CDC say about that. I did want to just zero in on the first part of that tweet. Hearing about some people real sick with COVID saying they were vaxxed when they were not. Okay, that man. If this is the case, guys. I think, I mean, if you don't want to get the vaccine, at least be man enough to say I didn't get the vaccine and instead of pretending you got it. I think that's that's uh, crazy. But I just wanted to read that tweet and mention that that was tweeted by Eddie on Monday, August 9th. 
The conversation between me and Emily took place on August 8th. You're going to hear that on the podcast. And the interview with Jack Frost was recorded, oh gosh, I guess on the on the 5th, right? On Friday? Was that the 5th? Anyways, last Friday. So here we go. Talking Metal episode 938 is about to start, but first we're going to thank everyone who supports us on Patreon. If you don't want to hear this, you can skip ahead a couple minutes because we got a lot of supporters now on Patreon and I value each and every one of you guys. If you want to join the Patreon club, it's only two bucks a month. You get a bonus podcast every week. Some people say those bonus podcasts are the best thing I do <laughs> and they're they're private. Maybe that's why I, I go off and I'm a little bit more free here and there, although you might not think so after hearing today's episode of Talking Metal. But uh, all right, so here's everyone who's supporting us on Patreon. Steph, Sam Warwick, Kato Yogova, Adrian Kuzik, Dane Damage, Madison Hatter, Seth B., Alan Janssen, Hank Reeves from Dash Vodka, John Simpson, Huckney Jacobson, John Barron, Ed Ferguson, Denny Striegel, Patrick Sabin, Jerry from Salt Lake City, Blue Walsh 21, Victor Guzman, Gene Eugene DX, your T-shirt was sent. Gene Eugene DX, I hope you get it. Uh, let me know. Sean Richmond, Mario Charance, Andrew Miller, Jeremy Weltman, Chris Riley, Johan Erdstrom, Stephen Rodriguez, Tommy Anderson, Gregory Muse, Kenny McCrimmon, Leo from Alaska, Brad from Utah. That's Brad Dahl, of course. Dan Gerwan, Victor uh, Victor M. Ruiz of the Mars Attacks podcast, Jerry from Long Island, Sam Soupy, Drake, Matt Carroll, Joe Ryan, Jason Seth, Stephen Saylor, Ron Keel, Jean-Francois Blah, Anthony Mackey, James Bennett, David Gray, Fred Rutz, Michael Street, Mike Jones, Stephen... No, I always do that. Steve Hoker, my good buddy, Steve Hoker. John Bovari, John Bovari, sorry, and Metal Dan. Thanks, guys. And just a, an extra shout out to those people who've been with us for long periods of time. People like Metal Dan since 2017. John Bovari since 2017. Steve Hoker since 2017. Mike Jones since 2017. You are the four longest running supporters of me on Patreon. Join the club, guys. $5 a month. You support the show. You get a bonus podcast each week, and I'll also mail you out a t-shirt for that $5 a month pledge. Check me out on Patreon, on TalkingMetal.com, and on MarkStriegel.net. M-A-R-K-S-T-R-I-G-L dot N-E-T. Here we go. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast, and we have a great guest today, Jack Frost, who has been a friend of mine for a long time. Way back when I lived in Jersey City, we hung out, and I only see the guy once every few years, but uh, when I do, I connect with him, and we hung out recently at a place called Echoes in Mountainside, New Jersey, along with our friend Rich. And I got to hang out with this guy more because I, I just really enjoyed our time together. And what a talent. He's had so much history with so many bands. And anyways, we're going to be having a, a conversation with him in just a minute. Um, it's about 18 minutes long. We talk about his new project or band, Brothers in Arms. So stay tuned for that. I'm joined right now in my new house, in our new house at 4... 
Nah, I won't say the address. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, loving the house so much. I mean, we're really we've we've settled in. We've got we're sitting in our rock and roll room right now, which has made us we it's funny, we bought this house and like this particular room was very formal. It was like a very formal living room, right? Yeah. And we were like we're not formal people, right? So how can we make it ours? And we were like so I'm staring at your Bogner amp. I'm staring at my drum kit. I'm staring at six records we have hung on the wall. Right. You know, I'm we're making it into our music room. Like, and just you us, right? went 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 crazy. I'll say, <laughs> and just got some incredible artwork, which right now is at the Framer, right? And we're gonna. I be got getting a Shepherd Fairy yeah. Black Sabbath. I've always loved Shepherd Fairy. For anyone who who knows who he is. Um, he Black did Sabbath. The, he did the original like kind of graffiti art for like this it was all over New York and yeah. I guess Boston back in the day. Obey. But Obey. Yeah. Uh, which was a, a kind of a Andre the Giant, I guess, image with the words Obey. But he, you know, he went on to do everything like, you know, not to get political, well, but he did the Obama Hope yeah. poster, which was very famous back in the back in the day. Is that what it was? Hope? Is that what it said? I think so. Yeah. And we have a lot of, I mean, I'm just, I'm going to bore everyone, but like we have a lot of woodcut prints in our home. Like I have a artist, I love Yoshiko Yamamoto is her name and his style is very much in the same kind of um, realm. So it's going to fit in perfectly. And like, you're going to walk into the room and see a giant Black Sabbath, like poster. Not to mention Queens of the Stone Age, Nine Inch Nails. We have some really cool artwork being framed concert posters if you will and then we have some photos that that emily uh, round up uh, mark weiss photo and there's a cool photo of iggy pop and david bowie in russia uh well not photos- to mention photos of you yeah. and me yeah so th- i'm staring at one right now of me and rob halford the day we went we had a pie together at a diner in new york city and you and Paul Stanley. What year is that? That's 95. That's right oh before God. the reunion. So that that was literally, they were in New York rehearsing for Unplugged, which was their first brief reunion with Peter and Ace. Most of Unplugged, of course, was Bruce Kulick and Eric Singer. Uh, but then at the end, they, got, they brought out Ace and Peter, and it was a big historic event. So that was days before that. Um, and then you yeah. and Dio at the top. What year is that? And that's uh, that's about nine years earlier than the Paul Stanley photo. That you is got a perm. eighty. Yeah, you got quite the perm there. Yeah, that is eighty. Wow, that is I want to say eighty six. That was an in store record store in Melrose. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, in store record store appearance in Melrose Park, Illinois, and Dio was there promoting with his band. Uh, the EP, which was a live EP, it was called Intermission, and it was all live tracks except for one new studio cut, which was called Time to Burn. That's what he was promoting. Yeah, and so if you bought a copy of the album, you got a picture, a picture, and With also a, a free poster, which I have. I think we've it's got that framed. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, where he signed it, and all the guys in the band: Craig Goldie, uh, Claude Schnell. Uh, who else? Uh, Jimmy Bain, of course, the late, great Jimmy Claude Bain. Claude wished me happy birthday on Facebook last year. Yeah, and <laughs> Vinny, I remember that. And Vinny, uh, Vinny Apice, of course. So such Wait, a, so, a great era of and, the, uh, and, the Dio band. Yeah, amazing. So no, we have a lot of books on the mantle too. So 
our new neighbor, I took her on a little tour of the house and she starts talking. I was like, this is our rock and roll room. And she's like, oh, I have some history. She's like, I'm really good friends with Saul Hudson. And she's like, I grew up with him. And I was like, she's like, I'm actually in his book. And then I point at the mantle and I'm like, here's the book right here. And she's like, oh God, don't read it. My whole family's in the book. So we need to, I need to read it yeah, again. She said figure- it's not flattering. She I know. Said, but she's like, you know, there were a lot of drugs involved. And, you know, but she just, literally lives next door yeah. and is like good friends with Slash. Yeah, or at least was at one point. I don't know. After he wrote the book, maybe they're they not. grew up together. Yeah, and um, she's in the book. She yeah, said. so we have to we have to definitely read that. <laughs> Reread um, it. But you mentioned the six albums that we we framed on the wall, which you and I debated and talked about, and we came up with six. Do you want to run through them just so people can know yes. what, what's yes, on the yes, wall? Yes, beh- yes, yes. Behind well, me. We we oh oh the yeah. albums yeah. the albums. I thought you were going to talk about the the stuff we were having framed. So the six albums that we ended up framing, and I'll just list them off. So Van Halen, debut album. Their best record ever, in my opinion. One of the best records ever. Every Van Halen record with with Roth, in my opinion, was amazing. But that record, every song is just stellar. I mean, you could say that about all six of those records, but man. We we spent a lot of time picking these out, right? That record for me is one of my... Most important records of my life, for sure. The Absolutely. first Van Halen record. ACDC, Highway to Hell is above it. And not only is it the album, but it's also just the picture. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Now, here's the thing. I didn't even tell you this. So because yeah. we framed Highway to Hell, I bought another vinyl record. Oh, another of copy it. of it. When yeah, you were and it was like the Summit? new remastered version nice. So we can uh, actually know, listen to yeah, it. Yeah, 130 grams and all this nonsense. And the artwork on the new one. Now that that album right there on the wall, Emily, is from when I was I, I bought that like when I was in literally probably seventh or eighth grade is when That's I That's the real that. deal. I swear to God, it probably was seventh grade. <laughs> and and the the colors in the album cover are much more vivid and uh alive on that one that I bought in the early 80s as opposed to the new one that I just bought. Yeah, it's like, it's almost like they didn't, they, they, you know, it's a scan and they didn't, bother to keep the the colors so rich yeah, so i thought i thought beautiful. that was kind of upsetting actually but yeah that's my favorite cover that's up there um kiss destroyers up on our well, wall <laughs> I mean, again that i've had since the 70s that's i've had since a little kid what what album artwork on that just so insane iron maiden killers is on the wall i think my Good. favorite iron yeah. maiden record killers you know I love Bruce Dickinson so much. His voice is so incredible. But something about that that second Iron Maiden album with Paul Diano. And Paul says he likes the first album better. But I just, I, I have to disagree with him. Both great records, but killers to me. The first album where they brought in Martin Birch. And uh, wow, so good. Motley Crue, Too Fast for Love. I mean, the, the imagery is just the great. Imagery. That's, that's just Vince. Vince's. <laughs> Vince's is that Vince? Uh, yeah. I always Vince. wondered if that was Vince or. Look how little Vince was. Look how tiny. Yeah. yeah. Tiny. And tiny. looking I thought good, that was by Mickey. the way, you know, I, I will say to kind of segue, um, the guy from Metal Sludge, Stevie, our friend Stevie Rochelle, he put up a post recently that showed Vince in like 2018 and showed him 
uh, just the other night at this Eddie Trunk. Eddie said he sounded pretty good, and and he put side yeah. by side photos. And say what you want about Vince, he's dropped he's that dropped enormous belly, mm-hmm. and he looked great. And I mean, he, he looked Eddie great. Said he I mean, is he, good. is he super skinny live? like he was on Too well, Fast? Well, you're for never love? gonna be that no, skinny. But he was what, no one's 20 that skinny. years old. That's then. like a 28 yeah. inch waist right there. That's yeah. tiny. Yeah. And then finally, we've got. Appetite for Destruction, my favorite album of all oh, time. Yeah. And ironically, my sister is seeing them right now in Detroit, Michigan. Right. And I, t- I texted her earlier and was like, are you are you there yet? And she's like, we're headed there. And I'm like, well, enjoy the show because like rumor is they might be, well, they might be done. Are they, you know, there are rumors going around that they, they might be cutting off. A lot of these bands are starting to cancel tours because of COVID concerns. Right. So I know it's just a rumor right now, but my sister Allie might be, you know, the last GNR show for a while. Maybe. Yeah. So there's, there's also rumors going around, nothing confirmed, no official sources that kiss is also considering pushing back their end of the road tour. There was a post from probably like five days ago where they said they were rehearsing. So what's happening right now, August 8th is when we are recording this, you'll hear it on the 10th. And in this 48 hours, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some major postponements and cancellations announced, but the Delta variant has hit the U.S. and numbers are going up, especially in certain states. Uh, fortunately for us in, in New Jersey, they haven't gone up much, just a little bit. Uh, same goes for New York, uh, and I think Connecticut. Vermont's doing great. Uh, California doing okay. You know, so so we're seeing states like Florida. I mean, Florida is just out of control, and Louisiana, uh, Missouri. So we're really seeing these these case numbers just shoot up. Now, what I will say, I, I study these numbers pretty intensely every day. What we're seeing is. The Delta variant in the UK had about a five to six week run where it shot up and then drastically dropped down. And it's still dropping, not quite at the rate that it was, say, a week ago, but it is dropping. So uh, in the Netherlands, that um, that spike only lasted two and a half weeks. We're already three weeks into the Delta variant, variant spike here in, in the US, but could it start dropping next week? Yes, it could. Could it be another month? Yes, it could. It could. And we might see, we're supposed to see the Eagles on the 22nd of August. Sold out Madison Square prepared, Garden. Yeah. yeah, sold out MSG. We're prepared for it to be canceled because yeah, well, we, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that show. Yes, definitely. And yeah, so I, I don't know what the answer is. You know, I, I hate seeing things get shut down. But on the flip side, I just recently pulled my mask back out. I mean, yeah, I haven't worn my mask, worn my mask, my mask since mask the end of May. Yeah. Now it's back on my face well, and it's I don't really have much of a choice. I never stopped, really. You made fun of me when I wore into a restaurant about a month ago. You're like, no one else in the restaurant's wearing a mask. And I'm like, well, I'm a scientist. Right. And I've, wa- I've been watching the data and... If you look at my tweets, even, I was talking about the Delta variant a long time ago, just being terrified of what it could be, and it's become just that. And now there's the Delta Plus variant, which they are getting in San Francisco, so we'll see what goes on with that. But um, a lot of a lot of tours being postponed, Counting Crows, Rolling Stones, uh, we're headlining Jazz Fest in New Orleans, that's been canceled. Um, we're seeing Limp Bizkit 
canceled the rest of their tour. Now, I find this interesting because Fred Durst, there's this Woodstock 99 documentary out, which I spoke about, where he's he's truly the villain in, in the documentary, whether that's the case or not in reality. That's our dog barking, uh, is, is something we could argue back and forth. But I, I think that him canceling is him trying to show, listen, I'm already pegged as this irresponsible guy from 1999 at Woodstock. I'm going to be the first to cancel my tour to show that I am a responsible person who cares about people's well-being. Maybe that's just my imagination, but I, I feel like that could be the case. Now, I saw Limp Bizkit at Heavy Montreal a number of years ago. It was when I went back to look for my lost wallet. Do you remember this? And you weren't with me, and I stayed to watch. We, like, we skipped their set. No, but I went back. We, and yeah, I know. Saw, like, you, yeah. And I stayed there, and I watched like four or five songs, and the place was going nuts. It was. I mean, I know some of our listeners don't like Limp Bizkit, but they still are a draw. So for the fact... For them to cancel this tour, I thought they were a little bit ahead of the curve. Now, was that after Marilyn Manson and we were soaking wet? Yeah, I don't know if it was the same day. I can't really remember. I'd have to go go back, but I think it was actually. I think like he played after Manson, and I was soaked to the bone because it started raining. Yeah, yeah. They closed the festival, I think, on the Saturday night, and then there was Sunday. Um, anyways, so we're seeing a lot of bands. I mentioned the Stones, Counting Crows have have postponed a number of dates what's going on with tesla i saw a headline so so tesla i i found this really weird and i don't listen i can only speculate and maybe i shouldn't be doing this but frank hannon missed at least one tesla show i guess it was uh they had a a fill-in and today on august 8th on his instagram frank hannon who i've worked with uh when i did that metal gear for vh1 i i did a a episode with with frank and interviewed him backstage for that metal show um he says i want to thank my friend howie simon for stepping in to help us please accept my apology for not saying anything sooner but i've not been able to move at all at all this week because i'm in pain the day the bus was leaving, I woke up with an 102-degree fever, shakes, I could hardly breathe. So I stayed home, unable to move or function. Tested positive for COVID. Yes, I got the vax, thought maybe it was a side effect. How, when did he get the yeah, vaccine? Yeah, it makes zero sense. It makes zero Wait. sense. Right, let me okay. finish. Let me okay, finish. Go ahead. Howie did two Oregon shows for me, and the guys are postponing more dates until we're all cleared up and safe. I love you. Let's get real. So uh, he wasn't fully that he had one? No, it makes what zero sense. What did he sense. get? Well, here's what and I don't like about this when did he get it? Because you're not going to have side effects further than 48 hours after getting the vaccine. Okay. So if he had a 102 degree fever, shakes, and could hardly breathe, though that's a quote from his post, that means it's pretty bad. Now, most people like Dee Snyder, Sebastian Bach, who have had the the vaccine and and come down with COVID have had mild cases. Now, there is a very small percentage, I think it's like 1% of people who have the vaccine who still get severe symptoms. It's very rare. Extremely rare. rare. But I guess Frank Hannon, from what he's uh, telling us- I would love to know when he was vaccinated, because if he thought that this was side effects of the vaccine- 
that would mean he'd been vaccinated two two days before he came down. Yeah, well, like, he could you, he could have gotten the know. one shot. You know, who knows the J and J. Yeah, but but. Yeah, it makes zero sense. And plus, once you get the vaccine, it's a good 10 to 14 days before, before you're protected. And that's when we're going to see the Eagles, if that even happens at Madison Square Garden, a fully vaccinated show. They're saying you must provide you proof must. that you've been vac- that you had your final dose 14, 14 days, days before. before the show. Now, now here's yeah. here's what I don't like about this this post. Yes, I got the vaccine. Thought maybe it was side effects. Okay, so right there, he's suggesting that the vaccine, uh, you know, gives you such horrible side effects that you're going to be very sick, which has happened to some people, but not not many. And then he's also saying he got the vaccine, but he ended up very sick and could hardly breathe. Here's the deal: if you follow Bob Lefsis or whatever his name is, he's been chronicling this. Is that the word? chronicling this where bands are are saying oh yeah our, our guys are vaccinated but the crew don't really know if they're vaccinated it's all kind of sketchy and and to me promoters are probably saying to the band make sure everyone's vaccinated oh sure we're vaccinated there's no proof going around so frank hannon i'm not saying he's a liar and i he very well may be telling the truth there's a one percent chance <laughs> You know, that he he had the vaccine and still got really, really really sick. Really sick, yeah. And there's a 99% chance that uh, that didn't happen. You know, (laughs) it's like, like I'm, listen, I've worked with Frank. I wish him the best of luck no matter what happened. Yes. I hope he recovers Speedy recovery. But this this is a little sketchy. And I can't help but think of his bandmate, Brian Wheat, who I had an interview booked with, and he blew me off last minute. I read half the the boring book that the guy wrote, and uh, then it, then you know he never called into the interview after I'd spent hours coming up with questions. Nothing to do with Frank Hannon, granted, but Frank, uh, what's the guy's name? Brian Wheat. I mean, he's the guy who said, "Yeah, well, Trump, you know, helped get the vaccine going." I don't disagree with that. You know, with Operation Warp Speed and all that, and that's 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 you know that very well might be true in my my opinion, and I've heard even liberals say that. But Frank Wheat, uh, not Frank Wheat, I'm sorry, Brian Wheat from Tesla. If you go to Blabbermouth right now, you can go back and he and they ask him. It's not Blabbermouth; it's transcribed by Blabbermouth. But they ask him point blank, "Are you going to get the vaccine?" And he says, "I'm going to wait and see." So. I'm not saying that that Brian and Frank have the same mindset when it comes to the vaccine, but I don't know. Something about this post strikes me as fishy, and I'm sure you know people are going to have issue with this. And Frank Hannon might never come on the show, but well, you know, that's I, I appreciate people like Dee and Sebastian that have been speaking out about the fact that their symptoms have been minimal, and they attribute that to the fact that they were vaccinated because that's the truth, right? Right. So there's been, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of cancellations. And I do want to talk about Sven Dirk Schneider, but let's just quickly um, do this. Let's see. Tony Kaminsky, you know him. He had a good summary on his Twitter, which everyone should follow Tony if they don't already. He says, uh, let's see, he's at the screen door. I'm sorry about the dog's background noise. It's just. Can you guys hear that? Yeah, they can definitely hear it. They're fighting uh, over a bone. <laughs> Odie's like choking up a lung. Yeah. So on August 8th, Tony Kuzminski at the screen door 
on Twitter said, today is not a good day for concert for the concert industry. Jazz Fest has been canceled. Fall Out Boy is missing their third show. I think it's actually now their fourth show because they're missing tonight too. And Counting Crows and Tesla have postponed dates. Tony doesn't even mention that Limp Bizkit has also canceled their tour. But yeah, so it's, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I just think it's a very very strange time and my hope is best case scenario that the numbers start dropping just like they did in other places in the world and they drop rapidly which is what happened in the Netherlands India and the UK so that's what I'm hoping for and you know if if concerts get postponed a bit I just hope it's not for that long and listen you know we all want to be safe though so and, and, you know, I, I want, I want people, you know, I see a lot of anger that people are having anger issues towards people who haven't gotten the vaccine. That's not me. I, I want people to get the vaccine because I care about them. I want people who listen to this show to get the vaccine because I want you to keep living and, and keep having a good life and, and not get deathly ill for 10 days or for months on end, you know? So I just hope people... Do the research, talk to your doctors, and do the do the right thing. You know, especially in these these states where things just really seem to be going off the rails. I wish all of you the best, and uh, really sincerely, just want everyone healthy. And let's let's move on as rockers united and get these concerts going again in a safe way. So that's that, and. Speaking of not so uh, positive uh, subjects, Emily, our our friend, you actually, I think, know him a little better than me, although I did interview him once, he and his dad. His dad is Udo Dirk Schneider. I'm oh, wearing my, my, oh my uh, God. Dirk Schneider sweatshirt right now. But t- man, I, I gave some money to his PayPal because I just felt terrible. They've been pummeled. Yeah. Anyone who doesn't know the, the floods... In Germany, hit yeah. Germany, and not just Germany, because I have a, one of my direct reports at work lives in uh, in in uh, France, France, okay, and also hit. But Germany just got pummeled, and Sven lost a ton of stuff and a lot of his recording equipment, and in his basement. So his basement and first floor, I believe, um, mostly his basement, but just gone. And insurance is not helping. Um, because they're not doing anything um, for for the floods, I guess, for people. So right. he did open up a, uh, is it a GoFundMe or PayPal? It looked like it was a PayPal. It was PayPal, what we did. right? Um, yeah, and we donated so we, a little money. I'm sorry we couldn't do more, Sven. But our thoughts are with you. Oh, my and, God. Uh, we definitely encourage everyone to at least check out Sven Dirk Schneider's Dirk Schneider, Instagram yeah for information on how he's doing. I'm not sure if the... And how you can donate. Yeah if, the, yeah, if the donation thing is still going on, I would imagine it is. And, you know, anything... Every little bit helps. Because yeah, if you see the pictures, it's just gone. I yeah. mean, it, these people, their homes were wiped out. And when, when insurance won't help you, then you're really stuck, right? Right. Because you're, you've lost not just your home, but all that equipment that he had. I think it was a lot of his recording equipment. Yeah, yeah, just uh, really tragic. And I know he'd bought a lot of recording equipment during this pandemic because touring had stopped. And that's how I'm, how he makes money. I'm sure his dad makes money that way. 
And you know, the cool thing about Sven, just all this aside, is he's really kept his dad's legacy alive. And I feel like he's he's taken up that you know, cause and the fact that his last name is also Dirk Schneider and, you know, from the Dirk Schneider tour where they were doing just accept stuff to the UDO stuff that he's been working on with his dad. I mean, there's so much great uh, music he's been involved with recently, um, you know, under the Dirk Schneider name and the UDO name. So, And uh, one of my favorite interviews was New York City meeting with, with Dirk. Yeah, it was Fitty. Fitty was in the band at Fiddy. that time. He's since left the band, but. Right? And, uh, and, and Udo. I mean, it was just like. Sven and Udo, yeah. They were, they were just so lovely and wonderful. They're just good people. They're not just super talented, but I, I connected with them. And I know Udo has to think I'm nuts because, like, we saw him on his birthday, remember, a few years ago. And well, I, we like, saw him twice I on that tour. Him. We saw him in, yeah. in, in New York at Irving Plaza and then again and in Asbury, Asbury Park. Park. Yeah. And that was on his New birthday. Jersey, yeah. And I, like, baked cookies and stuff. Right. They're like, who is this crazy person? But they touched me so deeply just as human beings. And. You're always, you don't realize how often you're wearing that sweatshirt, by the way. And so many pictures we take, it's like yeah. free advertising because it's right. got the Dirk Schneider on the arm and stuff. That's legit your favorite sweatshirt, I think. You wear that all the yeah, time. Yeah, I definitely, when we moved, I, got, I had like literally like 10 hoodies and I actually narrowed them down to like, I think three or four. And, and Dirk that, Schneider that, made, that the, made cut. the cut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a good fit too. Not only a cool design with Udo's little yeah. head on the, on my breast, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he, it's a cool. It's if it's a good cut for me. Um, so that's that. Let's get into our interview with Jack Frost, who has some just incredible new music coming out. I highly recommend everyone check this stuff out. Brothers in Arms. It's great. It's uh, just solid stuff. If you like '80s hard rock, this is going to be for you. And here we go. A live interview with uh, edits and warts and all. We'll let you guys check it out. At one point during the interview, it was somebody's birthday and they came out with a marching band literally and we're like wishing the guy a happy it's your birthday. your favorite. Yeah. Yeah. So here we, we go. We love it when people do that. Jack Frost and Mark <laughs> Striegel recorded a couple days ago in, uh, what's that sound? Mo- Mountainside, I think it's called, right next to Union in uh, New Jersey. What's up guys? This is Jack Frost from Brothers in Arms and you're listening to Talking Metal. Turn it up. All right. Hey, it's Mark Striegel of Talking Metal. Jack just gave us our Talking Metal ID, and it was very animated. I wish people could have seen that, Jack. Um, But let's talk about what's going on. We are hanging right now in a restaurant here in Mountainside, New Jersey, Echoes. Yeah, some great brews here. We've ordered some food, and before the food comes, we wanted to get an interview in with you because you have sent me some tracks via email, which I am just loving. We're talking about the... Brothers in Arms. Is this a band, a project? I mean, there's a. I mean, the list of people that you have on this is staggering. I mean, there's some really amazing you, you talent. Know what it is, Mark? I'll make this easy. The last year, you know, with unfortunately with being locked down and everything, I, I took time wisely and I said, you know what? I want to go back to where I came from. Like when the Sunset Strip was ripping and like you know right all the bands from that era. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love you know I love my Seven Witches stuff. I love playing for Aldenova. But I wanted to, to do something that took me back from what I grew up on, like what I've been a fan of. And Brothers in Arms was the, an idea. It was just like, 
all these great singers like, oh my God, Keith St. John from Burning Rain and Montrose, Andrew Freeman from Last in Line, and my good friend Carl Wilcox from Diamond Heads on The Drummer, and Alan Jensen, he's a studio bass player from Hardline and uh, Scorpions. We started writing these songs, and I just kept sending riffs back and forth, and we would finish the songs, and I'd be like, man, this be a great song for Keith St. John, and Keith and me became friends from the Montrose Bashes, and he's like, this is great. This is like old Van Halen. And yeah. then I sent the track to Andrew. And he's like, I'm all over it. And then Todd Poole from the Roxy Blue. I mean, the, the list is like, I mean, I, I have the Duke. I mean, I have, you know, Paul Sheratino yeah. from, I mean, Rough Cut. I mean, right, right, it, the list is just, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, you know, just everybody involved. It was just a family thing. And like people ask, oh, is this a project? You're just going to put it out and never hear from him again? No, this is not a project. This is a this is a brotherhood. And we will definitely do shows. And maybe we'll do like different areas. You know, maybe we'll play, you know, in Canada. And uh, Nick Walsh from Slick Toxic and Moxie, he sang it. He'll come out and do a couple of songs. And, you know, Harry Hess is still a dear friend of mine. He's up there. Um, but that that's where it really came from. I just wanted to really go back to my roots and what I just love about music. And and me too. And and I am doing that through you because these songs took me right back. I mean, some of my favorites, The Bitch is Crazy, City Never Sleeps, The Ties That Bind. I love that chord progression in The City Never Sleeps, so good. But I mean, you're, you're taking me back not only musically, but lyrically too. And there might be some people who hear this stuff and be, oh, that's not politically correct. And I, I, I'm just so sick of the political correctness that's going on now. And there's just something liberating about these songs. And I want people to hear these. Again, we're talking with Jack Frost of Brothers in Arms, not to mention Sabotage, Lizzie Borden, Seven Witches, Joey Belladonna, Bronx Casket Company, God, John showing Bovar, my age. <laughs> Alda Nova, Carl Wilcox, who you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, you've... you've Let's, we'll get into all that in a minute, but right now we're talking about this new record, Brothers in Arms, out September 24th, and it's classic stuff, um, and different than Seven Witches, you know, in, in did you have to go back and kind of explore your youth to get in that mindset? Like, how did you, what, what inspired you to come up with this, I mean, let's face it, 80s sounding arena rock? Oh. It's AOR all the way. You yeah. know you know what it was now? Charlie Cal from Deco, an angel keyboard player. Charlie and me have been friends for 30 years. Right. Played in Caskey with me, played with me and David Reese. Anything I do, I always call Charlie. So we had um, a cover band called Frost Coalition. And we would go out, like with Johnny Kelly on drums from Typo. And we would go out with four singers. Tecchio sang. Right, I mean, Alan Tecchio. Yeah. yeah, it was just totally different people. Um, and we would go out and play all the classics, like White Snake and Purple. And I've... I mean, and people are going to really be mad at me because all the witches fans, I mean, I'm more of a hair guy. And, right, I, right. and I know people get really mad when you say right. hair metal. I love hair metal. Right. And and you yeah. like that title, hair metal? Because some people are like, oh, it's a derogatory you know, you know, thing. Well, all these people that are saying it used to tease their hair. Yeah. So make, you know, I honestly, and this is going to come across not cool to say, but I think people that do that are the posers. I love when I tease my hair out, right. and I wish I had enough hair left that I could do that too. But I can't do it <laughs> right. these days. Um, yeah, you got You still got your I hair. I still got man. my hair, but good. I don't yeah. have it like I have when I was right. twenty-two years right. old. Right, I hear you. But me, I grew up a fan before I was a musician or anything. Rat, 
the first Bon Jovi, when, when that came out, man, I was like, that's, I mean, Journey, Foreigner, that's where I come from. And people don't realize, that they're like, oh, you're like, you know, metal horns. I'm like, don't get me wrong, I love power metal, but my heart sits in classic rock and 80s hair metal. It does, and it always will. I mean, Ronnie Montrose and Neil Schoen, are like such the big, biggest influences on me as a guitar player. Right on, can't go wrong there. And let's talk about the actual tracks. It starts off the album with a track which is probably the least politically correct tr track I've heard in a while. Bitch is crazy. Who's on this track with you? Well, the whole band always consists of pretty much Alex Jansen on bass, uh, Carl Wilcox on drums, uh, Charlie Calvin keyboards like I said Charlie had a big part he wrote a lot of songs on the record and he got me to deal with Deco and this one is Keith St. John from Kingdom Come Montrose Burning Rain I wrote this track I sent it to Keith and this is I want to say this about all the singers every singer produced their parts they arranged their parts they sang their melody lines I had nothing to do with it I gave them the music and I said I'm gonna do something a guitar player never does I'm gonna let you be you you write what you feel, and they're like, seriously? They were like, I never had so much fun working with guys in my life. Right. So Keith gets this song and he goes, dude, this is awesome. This reminds me of Fair Warning. This reminds me of when Van Halen, he goes, he said to me in, in 10 minutes, he goes, he had a melody line already. And he goes, I mean, he's just talking about pulling up to a lemonade stand, and this hot chick licking a lollipop. Right. And it's like, you know, this is, this is basically hot for teacher. Yes. And you know, God rest his soul, Eddie Van Halen, I mean, Van Halen was the mark of that era. You know what I mean? It was oh, this yeah. fun music. And when Keith heard this, he goes, you gotta promise me, you don't change the guitars, you leave that raw energy. You don't make it sound like you took each verse and just cut and pasted it. I played my parts. And dude, Keith is a god singer. He just brought so much to the table. And like, not only is he a great singer, He's a great friend, and that guy is such an arranger. Like, his mind is, he's just great. He's right on. He's a perfectionist, and like, we yeah. went for it. And I do want to run a couple of the other songs by you and get some comments on them, but you, you hit upon something there that I, I really heard on the record. Some of the stuff from the 80s, the production went a little too far, and we lost that organic feel that bands like, let's say Van Halen or even like maybe the first two Dio records had there is an organic feel to Brothers in Arms like like you can tell that you played your part you didn't cut and paste there's I hear like even like your your hand kind of go up the fretboard here and there the little nuance Ma yeah the yeah that, and... that gives it a live real and I don't know the only word I can think of is organic feel can you that's awesome thank you did you have, did you at times want to like maybe redo it, but you said, no, let's leave it as is like, you know what? And this is this, that Mark, that's a great question because here's the thing. A lot of people that heard like the tracks already, not that there me, was anything wrong no, with no, the no, tracks, no, 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 but, but, but it, they, they just feel but live. A lot of people that heard the tracks already said, that doesn't sound like the Jack that we know. Um, cause witches is very like, you know, the, 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 the guitars are scooped. I, I played, I'm going to tell you, I played a 71 Marshall open with a Les Paul. That's it. Straight mic, straight on. No, I didn't do anything different. And I wanted that organic feel. I wanted that rawness of my guitar. I wanted to go back to like when I was 18 years old. I was at my mother's basement. 
my guys came over to my house and we jammed for hours and we worked on our parts. That's what we did. We wanted this. This is as real as it comes. Yeah. Honestly, people have heard it. They go, how'd you guys all make this work? I, not, not one of us were in the same room. But it sure sounds like we're in the same room. Right. And that's that's what makes it heavy to me. It's not doing a drop detuning and having, you know, the craziest distortion pedal. There's there's a realness to it. And I, I love I love that you captured that. Thank and you kept so it on much. The record. Thank you. City Never Sleeps. Let's talk about that song. Another one of my favorites. Who's on that with you? Um it's Steve Overland from FM. Okay. Steve's a great. Uh, for people who don't know him, he's from the UK. Yeah, okay. He's basically the Lou Graham of, of the UK. FM oh, wow. was a great '80s band, just great. And I've always been a fan of Steve's voice because he's got that Lou Graham, that Survivor. Oh. We're we're in a restaurant here, and it's somebody's birthday apparently. Awesome. So they just brought out the bongos. And, and they're bringing food as the music's yeah. going. Yeah. All right. We'll we'll, we'll pause for a minute. Here. Sorry, Jack. So you were saying the uh, European Lou Graham? I like it. Yeah, it's like, like the that. European Lou Graham. That Steve Perry, his voice is just so natural and the clarity. And I, I was a huge fan, and I sent this to him, and he said, this is awesome. He goes, it's got that, it definitely has that, you know, journey escape feel to it. But when, when I heard it, and he sent me back the, the hook, he goes, what do you think of this? I was, I was taken back. I'm like, this is phenomenal. It reminds me of, and you're going to laugh, I just see Crockett in in driving around right. Miami, Miami Vice, Miami Vice or I see I, I see Stallone running up the mountain like right. in Rocky. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It, it, it's 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 that movie soundtrack. Absolutely, absolutely. The ties that bind. Another oh. another one that I, I love. Talk about that one if you can. Freeman. I mean, oh, yeah. he's yeah. just he he sang two songs on this record. Andrews. I've been friends with Andrews since we were kids, and like, you know he's West Coast now. Right. Um, he just like, I don't know, man. I've seen Andrew so many times in Last in Line and Lynch Mob and everything. And I've always wanted to work with him. We've always done Nam Jams. I think, the... I think we were hanging at a Last in Line show. Yeah, we were. Once. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, me and Andrew did the Montrose Bash a few years at Nam before everything was shut down. Right. And we said, dude, we got to do something someday. So I call Andrew. I'm, I'm like, dude, how, what would it cost? He goes, cost? He goes, dude, will you stop that? We're family. Right. I sent him um, Last to Know at first. And he just destroyed it. I'm yeah. like, this is like Ray Gillen meets, I, I'm, this is great. And then ties the bun. I'm like, hey, I, I got another song. What do you think? He's like, here comes the rats. And I'm like, yeah. dude, this is just, I mean, Freeman's another one. He, I let him produce what Andrew wanted to do. Right. And we just shot a video too. He's great, man. Yeah. I mean, all, all the, I mean, it's so hard. And like, I want to say something. There's not one singer on the record that's better than the other. Every singer brought so much to the table. Yeah. And, and like, you know, when people go, oh, you must have a lot of money. It wasn't about money. Right. It was about these guys really believed in what I did. Yeah. And not many people could say that. They were right like, on. these are great songs, dude. And I just let them be them. And I mean, Freeman, I mean, Shirtino, Freeman. I mean, it's just yeah. Todd. I mean, Todd Poole from Roxy Blue, he's just Stupid good. Nick Walsh. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean Jesse Damon from Silent Rage. He did just voices, epic, epic songs. Right on, right on. Again, Brothers in Arms out September 24th. Uh, Deco Records. De yep, said. Deco Entertainment, yeah. yep. Awesome. We cannot wait. And we do need an update on Seven Witches because I spoke with James mm -hmm. recently, who is back in the fold. 
Yep. And uh, new music on the way? Yes, we um, we got back together about two years ago. We did um, the we did the cruise. It was it was seventy thousand tons. It was amazing, and we did the passage record uh, start to finish. It was uh, it was really awesome. And then we said, you know what, dude? I missed this old vibe. So we've been writing and writing. We have eight songs ready to go for the for the new record. Um, the issue is, you know. We had, our label was kind of like holding off with, unfortunately, with the COVID thing. We wanted to wait a little bit long. But I'm actually leaving this Monday to play Alcatraz in Belgium. Me and James are, we're, we have to have to hire the European guys because it's just impossible right now getting there. But we're going to play this awesome festival with Destruction, Burning Witches, Udo, Doro. So we're going to go over there and let people see that we're back. And the new stuff is classic, classic passive wishes for sure. Wow, that sounds like a great festival. I'd love to see. J- James is on. Yeah. James is on his top, dude. He's his voice is stronger than ever, and our, I think after all these years, our friendship really um, grew again. Like I think yeah. we missed each other. Like you, you know when you're, and don't get me wrong, Anthony, Tecchio, the great singers, they all brought such a great thing to Witches. Right. But a lot of people say the Passage record was a classic Witches record. Yeah. and I, I see a lot of people point to that record. It, yes. You know, and yeah. that was a very special record in my career Absolutely. and Witches' career. So uh, get ready, you know, hopefully, I don't think the record will be this year just because the way, you know, the way this record's coming out. And, I mean, I don't even know if you know, I, I just I just also played on the new Ronnie Monroe record that I did be, not know yeah, that Between part. Worlds, yeah. I played... Like nine solos, me, Joel Holstra, and oh, Chris wow. Caffrey. So Ali from um, Alexandro from Frontiers about eight months ago goes, I got a record for you. Are you interested? Yeah. Like Ronnie from Metal Church? Yeah. Send to me. I did. So I'm awesome. on that record too. And that's awesome. getting released Can't in wait September. For that. Wow. Very cool. And let's just talk a little bit about your history. Sabotage. Remind us what you did with Sabotage. Well, I was very fortunate enough that me and Chris Caffrey were really good friends. And Chris was in a band called Metallium. In Germany, and he couldn't do a tour because of TSO. And he goes, "Dude, I have a gig for you." So I played with Metallion for like three or four years. And when Al joined Megadeth, Chris was he said, "You're the first person he thought of." Right. And he called me up and he goes, "I need you for the Poets tour." So I auditioned. A bunch of great players auditioned. For some reason, I don't know. They liked what I brought to the table because I was an old school Sabotage fan. Right, right. So I literally was in a band for a long time, and yeah. it was probably one of the highlights of my career playing all like you know Gutter Ballet era yeah Hall of Mountain King era I mean it, it just it, it was you know to this day they always call me a part of their family and I mean, how many people can say like like me and you know uh, Ripper we could say yeah. we joined bands that we worshiped and yeah Chris Oliva was a god yeah Lizzie Borden remind us of your history with that metal ah. great love Lizzie Borden I knew Lizzie for many years and Martin, and they were going out to do this um, 25th anniversary of Metal Blade, and they needed another guitar player, and I knew Ira, and Lizzie goes, can you learn all these songs and come out to L.A.? I said, sure, and I went out to L.A., and I stayed with the Veras. It was awesome, man, being a part of that. Just, just being a part of these classic bands. Like, to me, I'm sorry, I don't care what anybody says, Lizzie, Sabotage, they're classic, iconic bands. Lizzie is... it. Is such a theatric human being, and I mean his solo record, which really should have been a you know, it really was a Lizzie Borden record. This right. is great, and right. I mean, so. right on. And you mentioned uh, Joey Vera. 
the history you have with him is is long, right? Can you? That's a brother, man. That's yeah. like that's like blood. I mean, he he mixed so many records, so many witches stuff. He was a part of witches. I mean, he's done. I mean, he's he's. I mean, the guy's one of the greatest bass players to ever walk this earth, and he's one of the most humble. Um, I mean, the last few Armored Saint records and face are just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's just he's great. I mean, yeah. I love him. I yeah. lo I can say that. Yeah. Absolutely cool. Well, Jack, thank you for this great new music. Brothers in Arms is the album out September 24th. We will be hyping it here on Talking Metal. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for people to hear this. Thank you, brother. Oh, and also check me out. I, I got the, I'm the luxury of being the new guitar player in Aldenova. So we will be going, we'll be shooting videos in September. And hopefully when everything goes good, 2022 will be a big year for Aldo too. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, brother. Big thanks to Jack Frost for joining us here on Talking Metal. Emily, thanks to you for hanging with me in the rock and roll room. In the rock and roll room. I can't <laughs> wait till we can start having some parties in here. Maybe some jams. We've okay. got the drum kit. We've got the baby Bogner. That's what we call his amp. Yes. Um, I think we're ready for some jams maybe in the yeah, next... Yeah, I got to start taking some guitar lessons. I've been inspired by Will Walner. I don't know if you know him from White Wizard. He's the guy I interviewed a number of months back. He currently lives in Lemmy's old apartment in, in LA. Uh, he, he, he really had an inspiring post the other day where he talked about, you know, kind of not playing guitar for a while. And I guess he... He got a little chunky, and, and since since he's moved back to L.A., he's all into fitness and taking care of himself and practicing guitar, and I don't know, something about the post, it was just inspiring, and it has inspired me to want to pick up the guitar again and just nice. start playing, because I was for a little bit, and then I got this job at A&E, and I have to admit, I, I haven't really been uh, playing it much these last few months, but I'm ready. Let's rock. With you on drums. Yeah. <laughs> Emily's just staring at me like, <laughs> you're fucking nuts. I'm down. No, I'm down. I'm down. I got a okay. little rehearsing to do. Okay. Yeah. I'm you, a little rusty as well. You and me both. And thanks for uh, dealing with the dogs barking and uh, making noise yeah. in the back. The little guy, Odie, it looks like he's won the duel over the... They've the, been fighting over a bone this yeah. entire time. Yeah. And I think Odie won. It's the sweetest. I got to take a picture of this and post it with the episode. It's yeah. pretty cute. Well, we can't really post pictures with the episode anymore, but you can put it on your Instagram, which is what? Space Pony? Yeah. Check it out. And it's linked through my site, which is markstriegel.net. Thanks to everyone on Patreon. We'll talk to you next time, guys.